AI is not meant to do your work for you. It's not meant to replace you. It's really meant to, to streamline your work and to supercharge it. In other words, make you more efficient and to increase the quality of your output for your work. Welcome to the AI for Churches podcast. Our goal is to empower church leaders just like you to harness the power of artificial intelligence for sermon prep, outreach, worship, and so much more. We do this by providing you with exclusive insights from AI experts, church leaders, and innovators from around the globe who are actively leveraging AI to amplify the gospel and reach people for Christ. I'm your host, Cassandra Robinson, and the AI for Churches podcast starts now. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the AI for Churches podcast, where we talk about all things AI and faith. We have Tim Alia on the show today. Welcome, Tim. Hey, Cassandra. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Great. We are excited to jump into our conversation today about leveraging AI for church communication, social media, and outreach. Tim is a nonprofit tech guru with a focus on helping nonprofits improve their digital mastery skills. Tim has created an educational course titled ChatGPT Mastery for Church Communications, featuring eight modules and 44 video lessons designed to help churches level up their communications, tasks, and outreach. That's awesome, Tim. Thanks. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. <laughs> Sounds like you've been busy. <laughs> yeah. Well, the world of AI is evolving quickly. And so, yeah, it feels like every time we finish a a course or a part of our course, something changes the next week and we got to redo it. So it, it definitely keeps me busy. Like I've heard many experts say that currently AI is like the wild, wild west. There's all sorts of things involved in growing this new industry and applying and leveraging it to our advantage. So like you said, it's, there's new tools released every week. And so we're here at AI for Churches. We're looking to stay ahead of that curve and help our audience leverage those tools and technologies. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad to be a part of it. Thank you for having me today. Absolutely. So Tim, just to get us started, tell us a little bit about your background, your experience, and your current role at, at Nerdy Nonprofit and with Missional Marketing. Sure. Happy to. So many years ago, I got my start in digital marketing at a large nonprofit called the Global Leadership Summit. It is the world's, one of the world's biggest leadership conferences and had a blast learning there and just experimenting with different things there. And that's where I really got my love for marketing, especially in the digital space and for nonprofits. And so after that, I went on to start my own firm, which wasn't called Nerdy Nonprofit at the time because it wasn't quite as tailored for nonprofits. But over time, after consulting for many nonprofits across uh, not only the U.S., but the world, learned that nonprofits is the space where I'm the most passionate about marketing. I think there's a lot of opportunity to improve marketing. And that is why we've now evolved into what is called Nerdy Nonprofit. So we're basically uh, you know, a firm that helps nonprofit organizations of all shapes and sizes level up their digital marketing, whether that's through digital advertising, websites, social media, email marketing is a big one where we see room for improvement. But we've basically taken a lot of these digital marketing areas of expertise, and our goal is to simplify them 
while still keeping them nerdy enough to be really effective and powerful. That's exciting. And how then did you get picked up by uh, missional marketing? What sort of was the jumping off point there? Yeah. So like you had mentioned in your introduction, a few months ago, I launched a course called ChatGPT Mastery for Church Communications. And I launched that because, you know, one, I'm very interested in AI and being that we take everything in marketing with a nerdy approach, AI is an area where we absolutely needed to be at the forefront of. And so ChatGPT mm-hmm. is probably one of the most versatile AI tools out there in the tech space right now, which is why we started with that one for our course. And the reason that we started with specializing in a course for churches specifically, as opposed to nonprofits in general, uh, is because mm-hmm. I just saw a pretty gaping hole there out there. You know, a lot of churches weren't talking about AI. Now, mm-hmm. through a series of conversations and just what I can only account to like God connections, I got in touch with Missional, Missional Marketing. Uh, and the AI for Churches initiative. And it sounds like we had a lot of the same ideas and how AI should be a crucial tool for churches. And so, yeah, like I mentioned, over the last few months, we developed this course, which is 44 lessons, eight modules, uh, basically five hours of video content of me doing like, you know, sharing my screen, walking people through ChatGPT and, you know, showing churches how to use ChatGPT to level up their social media engagement and publishing, their email marketing, things like podcasting can be done with ChatGPT as well, and many other things that churches are doing on a regular basis for outreach and communications that, frankly, ChatGPT can help to supercharge and streamline. I love it. And I love that you mentioned God connections. I think that's really neat how God arranges our circumstances to grow his kingdom and to leverage the tools that we currently have to do that. 100%. Yeah, it's been very, very cool. So Tim, you mentioned being really passionate about all things, you know, tech and innovation and now leveraging ChatGPT to help churches supercharge their social media and outreach. How did you first become interested in integrating AI for a church outreach? You mentioned it a little bit. Was there something else that really incited you or encouraged you to start leveraging AI for outreach? Yeah, actually, you know, it was, it was a series of of moments to be honest, but I would say the the biggest Mm -hmm. one was, so my wife worked at a church for years in communications uh, and administration. And so we still float in a lot of those circles and I'll never forget. We were sitting around the living room with some of our friends who you know, several of them were pastors at the church that we used to work at or that my wife used to work at. And we started talking about chat GPT and AI. It just kind of naturally came up. And and I was just amazed in a bad way at how AI averse <laughs> some of these church communications folks and pastors were. And being that they were my friends, you know, we could kind of uh, poke at each other and get the honest truth out of each other. And we couldn't be on more opposite ends of the spectrum. And that was just incredible to me because I had been looking at ChatGPT to help nonprofits. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there are a lot of nonprofits who are already looking at AI and how to leverage it for their marketing. But I think churches specifically, for some reason, kind of felt this this risk averseness to it. And so for whatever reason that that is, I was suddenly on a mission to change that. And so literally that next week, I got into my 
recording studio. I put together a curriculum and over the course of the next few months, I had put together this course because I think it's so important for churches to be leveraging modern technology and software, not only in everything they do operationally, but particularly in their outreach. And so, yeah, I've been very, very, very interested in in helping churches leverage this, especially considering that a lot of churches, frankly, there's just not enough hours, not enough people to go around. A lot of churches operate with lean teams. Maybe there's one communications person. Oftentimes there's none. We hear from a lot of lead pastors, senior pastors who are interested in this course and other AI tools for outreach because frankly, they're doing it all. And so what a better place to help people streamline their time and multiply their output than in the church. And Tim, if you don't mind me asking, what what was that thing that was really obvious in your opposing beliefs or perspectives at that dinner table with your friends that really caused you to think like, hey, we I need to do something about this? I mean, I guess it was this idea that frankly, if we don't if we don't start leveraging AI now, we're going to fall so far behind that the church is not going to be able to be as effective as it is today, two years from now, or even a year from now. Mm. The church is already struggling, I think, to step mm. up because you know we have, like I mentioned, smaller teams, lean teams. And the thought of falling any further behind uh, is horrifying. And so that was what mm. did it for me is just thinking – especially for my church, specifically my home church. I don't want us to, to fall behind and I want us to, to represent, represent well and, and use technology to further the kingdom of God. And, and so it just seemed like the stakes were just too high for the church. I'm curious what you think that the primary fear is for the church or for believers in leveraging AI in the faith-based like landscape. What as members of a congregation and as followers of Jesus, like why are we so risk adverse when it comes to AI or innovation or technology and reaching people? What do you think Hmm. that is or what do you think that the root is there of that fear? Yeah, I wish I had the answer, but I could take a few guesses. The first thing is, I think the you know the, probably the big obvious one is it sounds very technical, very techy. When people think about AI, when they picture AI, they picture like the Matrix, you know, like all the codes going down the screen, and or like the hacker behind the computer, right? And that's just frankly not what AI is. If you get into it, you'll see it's. It's a lot like using a little chat widget on a website. It's a lot like updating your Facebook profile. Like these AI tools are made to be very user-friendly and approachable. And so it's not as scary or intimidating as it sounds. So that's mm-hmm. one thing that I think churches, or I should say nonprofits in general, I think that is one of the sticking points because technology is not one of those areas where there tends to be a lot of support in the nonprofit and church space. So, so that'd be one. And the other one is just like maintaining the integrity of your work. I think for churches specifically, we want to be led by the Holy Spirit. We want to be led in our work by scripture and what we're called to do by God. And to think that we would be dipping into AI tools for, you know, whether it be 
interpreting scripture or communicating things about scripture or the Holy Spirit. It just has kind of an icky connotation to it, right? And so I can acknowledge that. But AI is not as some people, well, maybe I shouldn't say this, Mm -hmm. but I might regret this someday. It's not the Antichrist. (laughs) What do I know? Like, I don't think it's the Antichrist. It's it's not a being, it's a tool. And Mm -hmm. it is meant to help take our teams and processes and output to the next level. And so we just need to find ways to do that responsibly, ethically, and efficiently. And it does not have to be this icky, bad thing where it's like, oh, we're circumventing the Holy Spirit or we're circumventing scripture. No, it's it's a layer on top of that, just like all the other tools that we use on a daily basis is a layer on top of, of scripture and the Holy Spirit, just like the equipment in your auditorium is, just like the software that you use on a daily basis that might not be quote unquote AI powered. These are all tools that help supercharge the things that you're already doing. So yeah, I think those are probably the two main ones and how I see kind of overcoming some of those those fears or challenges. I appreciate the the sentiment and thought that with great power comes great responsibility or with great, you know, there's a lot of implication there to that power. And AI is not exempt from that too, how we use it. Will there be pastures that have AI write their entire sermons and then they just repeat it verbatim, like that will happen, right? I'm sure that's already happening. But to your point, Tim, that ideally, and as believers, we're looking to be led by the Holy Spirit and we're looking to seek God in our time with Him and what He wants us to share, what's on His heart. So the hope is that it'll help even streamline that process and give pastors and church leaders the opportunity to invest more in their people and less time on the repetitive or monotonous tasks that they are often burdened by. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Perfectly said. So Tim, in your experience, can you share some examples of how AI has helped streamline processes and improve some efficiency in regards to social media, outreach, and what's that look like? Yeah. I could touch on a few different areas. I mean, I could tell you a quick story. Would that be okay? That would be great. So a story from actually one of our students. We So like I mentioned earlier, my wife used to work at our church for many years and since then is now a volunteer in a lot of aspects. And one of the ways that she volunteers is by proofreading work. So if they're putting together like an e-newsletter or an invitation or something, somebody over at our church will send it to her to proofread and then she'll go ahead and mark it up and send it back. And normally you look at these things and it's like your worst nightmare from high school. Like she looks at you like there's like red marks and X's everywhere and it's just like torn apart. Well, this one time she received one and she literally like could not come with, up with a single edit for it. Like, may, I mean, maybe like, like some different sure. wording or tone here and there, but like no cop, like no proofreading needs in terms of grammar or spelling or anything like that. And she ended up sending it back to the, the pastor over at the church and said, I got to be honest with you, like, this is some of the best work you've done. And I, I think it looks great. Like here are a couple little things, but but that's it. And the pastor actually emailed my wife back and said, I didn't want to tell you beforehand, but I actually used ChatGPT to write that entire email. And we just got a kick out of that because it was kind of like full circle. Like that person had used our course to go, you know, to learn ChatGPT 
And now it's like putting my wife at it for a volunteer job. So it's kind of funny how things kind of all circle back around. But if you just like pause for a second and think about the implications of not needing somebody, not needing human manpower to proofread your work anymore, that can really help drive things along faster in your workflow on a day-to-day or week-to-week basis. How many times are we sending out an email to our coworkers Mm. and just waiting for people to review it and copy edit it, proof it for days and days and reminding them, well, what if you could just plug it into ChatGPT and and have it proofread it for you? Now, proofreading in ChatGPT is not perfect, but it's pretty darn close, to be honest. And so that's kind of a fun success story. And then the other one is, you know, I heard from a a lead pastor at a, a small church in in Grand Rapids, Michigan, who was one of our first students in our course the week that we launched it. And I was surprised to see that he signed up because really the course kind of was designed for mm-hmm. communications people at churches. It's for the communications managers or the marketers or the social media managers. Mm-hmm. And when I saw this lead pastor sign up, I was like, hmm, that's interesting. And he ended up going through it and getting back to me. And he literally called it a game changer because he wow. as a lead at such a small church as the lead pastor is also responsible for a lot of the outreach efforts. And that's something that we often forget. If you don't work at a church and you're just attending a church, you don't realize how many hats those people are wearing. Well, this lead pastor mm-hmm. was responsible for teaching on Sunday mornings and taking care of the congregation basically 24-7, as well as social media, email, blogs, things like that. And his exact words were, now I can spend less time in front of a screen and more time in front of my congregation. And that was just amazing to me that it was one of those areas where I did not, I did not think about mm. lead pastors using this because it is so, so communication-centric. But the, the fact of the matter is a lot of pastors out there could definitely benefit from this as well because they're also contributing to a lot of communications tasks on a day-to-day basis for churches. That is so neat. That's fun. And that's one of, I'm sure, of many other testimonials of how AI, by learning AI and probably simple prompts that you've included in your course, save shaved off hours of time for your wife and maybe her volunteer role. Maybe she can then be positioned to do something else uh, that frees her up possibly to work in, you know, some of more of her God-given strength. And then, you know, this other pastor who's able to spend more time, like you said, in front of his congregation versus some of these other repetitive tasks that he's kind of bogged down by. So again, what I'm hearing you say, Tim, it's, it's not something that should be viewed as quote unquote, like the antichrist or something to replace you or even something that will speak forth God into people like, because it's not a human being and never will be again, it's artificial intelligence. Uh, (laughs) it's not human intelligence, although it's it's leveraging human intelligence, it's still artificial. We created it. So again, it's only as good as we use it and as the prompts that we input still, we have to manage it. So looking at AI as a tool, just like the auditorium, like you mentioned, the lighting there or the software that we're already currently using that's now maybe sort of no longer nuanced to us because we've been using it every day, right? Mm. But now we've gotten used to it. Same AI will have that that sort of curve, learning curve as well. It's very nuanced. It's different. It's new. It's unfamiliar. And oftentimes we are fearful of things that are unfamiliar, right? Because we don't understand it. So 
that's why we're here to help churches understand the power of AI and to decrease that fear and help empower them to use this tool so they spend more time with their congregation. So it's exciting. Exactly. Yeah. So Tim, moving on here, what do you feel like are some, well, you mentioned sometimes saving and cost-effective aspects of leveraging AI. So let's talk about some of the challenges that you faced or that your students have faced when implementing AI. And you know, how do you think we can overcome some of those? Yeah, it's a great question because a lot, you know, a lot of people talk about AI like it's going to solve all our problems, but it, it, sure. it actually creates a lot of problems too. And it's important that we learn how to use it properly. And so the, the, the first one that I would touch on, Cassandra, is really there is there is a learning curve for AI. I know I just got finished earlier saying that it's not overly techie and it's not as scary as it sounds. And that while that's all true, there is also a little bit of a learning mm-hmm. curve. For instance, when you use something like a chat GPT or other tools that we can talk about in a few minutes if we want to, there are certain ways that you need to put in inputs. Like you need to phrase things correctly in order to get the outputs that you're looking for. It's kind of like Google, like way back when Google was a new thing. And I feel funny even saying that because like I was just like a little kid when <laughs> Google was created. But I also like love tech as a kid. And so I, I was like trying that stuff out. It's kind of like Google at the time where it was like people kind of needed to learn how exactly to talk to Google, what to type in. And and how to get the right responses or the right results on the pages. And AI is kind of in its infancy here in the same way where you, you have to speak to it the right way in order to get what you're looking for. And that's what we dive into a lot in our course. In fact, the course has over 50, they're called prompts. It's what you type into ChatGPT. Mm-hmm. It has over 50 pre-written prompt templates that specifically they will speak to ChatGPT in a way that instructs it to do things the right way. And in the way that we're looking them looking for it to do it. But if you look at the way that Google has evolved over the last 20 years or more, it's like, you know, it's funny. My mother-in-law asked me from time to time, she'll be like, what did you put into Google to find that? And I'm like, just like, what, what would you, what would you think you put into Google to find right. that and, and just do it and it'll work. And I think AI is going to get there too. But for now, it is a process and, and a learning journey to get there. And that's where a lot of these resources, like your incredible podcast here, a lot of the resources that Mistral Marketing is putting together uh, and putting out there to help churches leverage it the right way and, and kind of get through that learning curve. So I would say that's the first challenge. The second one is more a mind game or like an emotions thing. And it's a lot of churches and nonprofits and anybody, I mean, really in general, feels quite overwhelmed when they think about this new universe mm-hmm. of AI. They see that there's like hundreds of different AI tools out there. Everybody's coming up with an AI tool or feature. And everybody's saying, like, this is going to solve all of our problems. It's going to do everything for you. And it can just feel overwhelming and you don't know where to start. And, you know, it's funny. The only thing I can equate this to, and this audience, being a church's audience, can probably relate to this as well. When I think about the world of AI, or at least when I did think about it in the beginning, mm-hmm. many months ago when this was all starting to come out, it reminded me, I got this like butterflies feeling in my stomach that reminded me 
of the, the, the butterflies feeling I would get in my stomach when I was a kid, when I would think about heaven and eternity, it was kind of like my mm. brain would just kind of like short circuit a little bit. Like, oh, I, gotcha. I don't know. I don't know how to comprehend eternity, you know, and you get like that weird feeling in the pit of your stomach. It's the same thing with AI. It's like this whole new world of opportunities. And you're just like, oh, well, I don't even know where to start. I'm out. I'm out. I can't even understand any of this. So I would just encourage churches to just like start with one task that you'd love to accomplish with AI. Keep it, you know, something simple, something that you're familiar with and can evaluate and make sure that you know, whatever the AI is generating is correct. So for instance, like have it write a a Facebook post for you. You have an upcoming church picnic or Mm -hmm. some kind of worship night coming up. Ask ChatGPT to write a couple of social posts for you and just see what it can do and just start with that one task. And then later on, when you're Mm -hmm. feeling more comfortable, Mm -hmm. we could teach you how to take one single prompt in ChatGPT and literally with one click of the button in two seconds, It'll generate invitations for that church picnic for Facebook, Instagram, email, your bulletin. It'll put it, put together a script for you for Sunday morning announcements. Heck, it'll even take that piece of content and it'll put it in a, into a version that's tailored for your middle school ministry, let's say. Something along the lines of like, hey, kids, don't forget to tell your parents to RSVP and get ready for an epic kickball game where it's staff versus middle school, whatever. But like... Using some of this stuff, I mean, you can you can start very simple, and you can work yourself up. You can work your way up to some of these really nuanced, pretty comprehensive prompts where you can save yourself hours of time in just a matter of five to ten minutes when you learn to do it correctly. So don't get overwhelmed. Start with one task, but know that every one task that you're learning is working your way up to something that is much more transformational in the end. But give yourself some time to get there, you know? I love that. I love the simplicity in both of those solutions to those challenges is that one, I, that pit that you mentioned when you think about eternity or heaven that you, again, spontaneously like combust because you can't fully <laughs> comprehend what that, what that means or like you said, short circuit. So similar to AI, like we can't fully fathom like the possibilities or opportunities when we do leverage this tool in a in a proper way, but starting out with something simple, even you mentioned earlier, taking a potentially a blog post that's already been written and actually and putting that into chat GPT and say, Hey, create smaller social media posts based on this longer form piece of content for Facebook, you know, LinkedIn, Instagram, Mm -hmm. and how many pieces of content that can produce and under, you know, a couple minutes. And you may have, several posts for that week that you would have taken hours to, to write manually and, and think about how many people, more people that you can reach doing that, even segmentation and target audiences like middle schoolers. That is really neat. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. And again, I, I just can't reiterate enough. It will take time to get to that point. There is the learning curve, but you can get there. And missional marketing and you know, our course and many other resources out there will help churches get there. Tim, can you speak to one held belief in your industry that you passionately disagree with? Kind of an interesting question for you. So 
Hmm. one belief held in your industry that you personally passionately disagree with? So, I mean, the big thing for nerdy nonprofit, our firm, the big thing we want nonprofits and frankly, anybody out there at a church or a nonprofit to, to understand when it comes to digital marketing is it does not have to be expensive. <laughs> mm. I think in the world of digital marketing, people seem to like have this crazy idea where it's like, oh, we need a website. Like that's a, that's a big one. Like let's, you know, budget $50,000 or whatever, or we need a, an email marketing platform and it's, you know, thousands of Salesforce or like all these like crazy platforms, like enterprise platforms. I think a lot of people have this, this preconceived notion that digital marketing done well is very expensive. And Mm. what we're trying to get out there through Nerdy Nonprofit is it doesn't have to be expensive and it doesn't have to be complicated either. Mm -hmm. So our goal is to help nonprofits do marketing that is more affordable and simple to understand and very powerful. Those are three things that don't often come together, but that's basically the recipe that we're trying to put together for nonprofits because the stakes are that high and we can't have nonprofits not doing their marketing well or wasting money on softwares that give them the false idea that they're going to be doing it well. Basically, what we're trying to get out there is that great marketing does not need to be expensive or complicated. And that's where we come in to to help simplify things, make it affordable, and teach you how to do it really well in in a simple, straightforward way. And we can even take ChatGPT premium subscription, for example, right? Which is how much? Like 20 bucks? 20 bucks a month. month. Exactly. I mean, just even that's worth it, right? Paying for that tool that can create (laughs) your whole social media, your content for a month or give you ideas and help you brainstorm for 20 bucks a month, right? I mean, how many other tools Mm -hmm. that are you possibly subscribing to currently that could be replaced by this, this one software? one AI tool. So I appreciate that just dispelling that belief that it has to be expensive and it has to be this super large investment of time Mm -hmm. and money and energy. And that really moves us into sort of closing and, and wrapping up this podcast episode, Tim, is this idea that the simplification of whether it's church communications, church operations, or other tasks that we often find more complex and complicated bringing in a tool that's actually streamlining those processes, like it's kind of this, is it too good to be true type of thing. Mm. And we're used to things being really hard and laborious and challenging. So for a tool to come in and be able to shave off hours and, and make things more streamlined and efficient, like, Oh, that, that can't, that can't be possible. Or again, it's one of these, like you mentioned earlier, mindset or limiting belief or fear, like, We're so used to just doing things with so much effort and angst, Uh you know, that things can't possibly be simpler than Mm. that. Yeah, you make a great point. I think when when people think about AI, that that is something that that I didn't touch on earlier when, when thinking through, you know, some of these preconceived notions is some people think it's overwhelming or intimidating. Other people do think it's too good to be true. And in reality, it's probably somewhere in between. But if there's one kind of like public service announcement that I could put out there related to what you were just speaking to so well, it's that, you know, really 
AI is not meant to do your work for you. It's not meant to replace you. It's really meant to, to streamline your work and to supercharge it. In other words, make you more efficient and to increase the quality of your output for your work. And that's really what AI is all about. It's a layer on top of our humanity. It's not to replace humanity. Like you said earlier, it's artificial. Artificial. Like, let's remember that part of this. And so many people out there, I think, are worried that AI is going to replace jobs. And, and you know, let's be honest, like, there are robots replacing jobs right now that, you know, I'm sure a lot of people mm-hmm. talked about that 20 years ago, 10 years ago. If you look at Amazon warehouses and stuff, like, that does happen. And, and there will be areas where that happens, but with AI. But mm-hmm. other jobs are going to come along that are always going to be a layer on top of that new innovation like AI. So we don't know what those are going to be yet, but we think it's super important for churches, nonprofits specifically, to embrace artificial intelligence now so that they can stay on top of that and maintain the integrity of our work and continue to maintain the trust of our congregations and communities. Because if people start to see that we're letting AI replace what we're doing as the church, boy, is that a fast way to drive people away. Boy, I mean, that's just terrible to even even conceive. So yeah, I would just put that out there. It's not meant to replace you. It's not meant to do your work for you. It is meant to help you streamline and supercharge your work. So use it as a layer on top of your work. Edit the outputs. It is what you put into it and just kind of approach it that way. And I think it'll be something that will really change your workflow and change the way that your church reaches people and hopefully grows. Love it, Tim. Thank you so much for taking time out of your afternoon to talk to us about how churches can level up their outreach and build the kingdom, share the gospel, spend more time with their congregation, and again, not replace them, but streamline and supercharge their work. Any last thoughts for us? Any additional resources or things you'd like to mention? Well, Cassandra, I just wanted to say thanks again for for having me. I love the work that Missional Marketing and AI for Churches is doing. Obviously, I think it's super important. Having met many of the folks on your your team, I like to keep saying like, I finally found my people, you know, like these are my people. And it's just so important. So thank you for having me as part of the conversation. I would say as a next step for anybody who might be listening, who works for a church or a nonprofit, feel free to visit our website, nerdynonprofit.com. There you'll find all kinds of specialized solutions kind of tailor-made for you, like I mentioned earlier, kind of simple, affordable, and powerful solutions that we kind of package together. We also have a Facebook group that you can join. Uh, It's just called Nonprofit Marketers. If you go on Facebook and just search Nonprofit Marketers Facebook group, we should pop right up and we'd love to see you there. It's a community of people who are doing communications and marketing in the nonprofit and church space. uh, And we're just there to kind of support each other, bounce ideas, share some of our favorite tools and things like that. So we'd love to see you there. And definitely, please feel free to visit our website. And if you'd like to connect with Tim on social media, the best place is Twitter, possibly at Mm -hmm. Nonprofit Tim, or really anywhere, LinkedIn, Instagram, reach out to Tim. We'd love to connect. And again, we so enjoyed having you on the show. And and until next time. Thank you. Thanks, Cassandra. Bye, Tim. Thank you for listening to the AI for Churches podcast, your one-stop shop for all things AI, ministry, and innovation. 
If you liked what you heard today, subscribe to the podcast and drop us a comment. Let us know what you found helpful. Also, visit us at ai.missionalmarketing.com for more resources to help you unlock the power of AI for your ministry.